Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. On behalf of Pastors David and Nicole Binion, thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church. Now, let's listen to today's message. Okay, I'm just going to start. Okay, so... The church, okay, here's what I want to say. I, I think I want to have a conversation with you. I want to share some ideas and some notes and just have a conversation with you tonight. Uh, the Lord has been uh, speaking to my heart about building, about builders and what that looks like. And uh, so I will start like this. I think I have three sections to talk about, so I might have to spread this out in three sermons, but um, the church is the only structure that can sustain revival. We talk about revival, we want revival. The church is the only structure that can sustain it. We know about, you've heard... um, Back in the 90s, the revival in Toronto that lasted for years. Brownsville. This year, we heard about Asbury, right? I went up, me and Zaheer went up to, uh, who else went with me? In Tanner. See, Tanner's out for the night, and I can't remember that he was there. Tanner's watching. He said, yeah, he told me. He texted we're watching. Um, But... um, these moves were not so much for churches, but for individuals to come get a drink. Uh, yeah. It was God, it was great, but it was temporary. Wow. Why? Because pastors and churches didn't carry it. What we need is a revival that comes into the wineskin. And then the wineskin is able to carry the wine without the wineskin being destroyed. That's what we need if we're going to see a sustaining revival. So we want to build something that carries these kinds of moves. So, my title tonight is Blueprints, Bricks, and Builders. So, I know when, uh, when we built our house in McKinney, we drove into the neighborhood. We'd been uh, to a, a neighborhood in Frisco and uh, was looking at some of the models there, and they told us, well, if you go to McKinney, you can get the same house for, for 50000 cheaper. So guess what? We went to McKinney. <laughs> and so, uh, so what happens is you come to these houses that they have, uh, you know, they've got the foundation laid, and we picked our model, and then we would drive by, and we would look at the dirt. We were excited about the house that was going to rise up on top of that dirt. And then we would come other times and we would see 
uh, bricks, stacks and stacks and stacks of bricks, just all just sitting there. We'd come back a week later. They're still sitting there. When are they going to get started with these bricks? And, um, and so you could have bricks and you can have um, drawings, papers, but the missing piece is the builder. Yeah. How many times we go out there, there's nobody around? Right. All the supplies, but the builder was off on some other job. So there are some things that I want us to do as we consider this building. Looking for builders. So what I want us to do is, for those of you that have been, have been with us for over five years since we began, I want you to look back at our original church vision and evaluate. I want you to see where we have come from. I want you to look outward and I want you to look inward and evaluate our current condition. Evaluate all the time. Ask yourself the question, are things better than they were? I think they are. Are we stronger than we were? Are we on track? Yeah. Or have we somehow fallen into some ruts, as most of us do sometimes? But you have to evaluate continually. One of the responsibilities of the pastor and his team is that we have to evaluate all the time. Where is the church? How are we doing? What are we building? Are we on course? Is what we're doing working? If it's not working, if the horse is dead, dismount. You don't need to ride a dead horse. I'm saying all of this. I don't think we are. Our horse is kicking and what is it? And neighing and snorting and ready to roll. So if it's not working, you have to ask yourself the question, why is it not working? Instead of making excuses for the horse. Say, well, we didn't feed it enough. Give it a little water and he'll be fine. It might be time to look within and align with our original vision and look to where you are and ask yourself the question, 
if it's not being built with fruitfulness, with something that's going to have a long-lasting impact, then why am I doing this? I ask myself, Nicole and I have these conversations, and sometimes, you know, you have a, a week where the funds aren't what they need to be, and it's just impossible to, to take that in and consider, okay, what, what, what are we doing wrong? Are, are, are we not doing anything wrong? And so, I told Nicole, I don't know if this is the right thing to say, but it's kind of how I feel about it. Uh, okay, God, if you're not, this is you, we obeyed you. We said yes to the vision. And if the support doesn't come in, then we'll just close up. We're not anywhere near closing up. Um, we're on a great path. But sometimes you have to back up and look ahead and look within. Looking ahead means you determine the direction of the church and make sure the rails that you're laying down will lead you in the direction you want to go. We can't just be aimless and say, oh, we're doing this by faith. We're just kind of like feeling our way. We're all so spiritual and just kind of blindly stepping forward and hoping that the Lord catches us if there's a cliff. So we have to ask ourselves, if we continue on the path we are on right now, what are we leaning into? If we keep going where we're going, where will we end up? You ever think about that? I mean, you're here tonight. Um, I see a lot of faithful people that, and I see some newer faces, and you're uh, becoming a part of what you think the vision is. If we can't determine the tracks that we're on and we're just by faith moving into the future and you really don't know where you're going to end up, maybe we don't have the heart of a builder. A builder is someone who knows exactly how to use the blueprints. Exactly where to put the bricks, and they are exactly the people that you need to work with. I can tell you, you're exactly who I want to build with. I take my time and just kind of look at each one of you, and I can honestly say, I want to build with you. I I want to build with you. I want to build with you and you and you. You're not too old to build, mama. I have to say, um, I brought my Bible tonight. I usually just always use my iPad because I can see my iPad better than I can see this print. But I love the word of God. And I've been, I started, uh, when I was thinking about this and sharing with you, I almost used the word convicted. I, I was convicted by watching my daughter and how devoted she is to her Bible. So I wasn't convicted, I was inspired. 
You know, I love the word. I read the Bible every day. I get I read the Bible through every year and have since I was 13 years old. And I love the word of God. But I watch her bring her Bible in and set it down in front of the mic stand. And she, it's not like she's, you know, I don't know that she's going to do anything with it. But uh, sometimes she just gets down on her knees and she flips through. And there's one particular passage that she just leans on all the time. Then she takes it and sleeps with it. She sleeps with her Bible. I remember we were in Houston several months ago and uh, did a conference and it's the last night and we're, we're there late and we get to our hotel and it's midnight and we have a 5 a.m. pickup to go to the airport and she realizes she left her Bible at the church in the green room and she is so upset. I mean, to the, at the point of tears, she must have her Bible. And so I called over to the church. There were people still cleaning up, and they found her Bible in the green room, and someone drove it over to our hotel. Well, I don't want Gracie to go to the lobby. She's a girl, a little tiny girl. And so I got to get up at 5, but I'm down in the lobby at 1 uh, getting her Bible and delivering it to her room and the relief on her face when she opened up the door and I put it in her hands. So I've been so inspired by um, how consecrated she is. Some people think, well, that's just legalism. Consecration, eh, eh, let's not talk about that. That's just legalism. No, it's not legalism, it's devotion. So, uh, but this is our plan. This is the blueprint. I'm going to get back on track now. Let me see. I just, I, I brought my Bible and I just wanted to take them. Oh, there's my birthday card. <laughs> I wonder if there's something in it. <sighs> um. A builder is someone who knows exactly how to use the blueprints. Exactly where to put the bricks. So Hebrews, the 11th chapter, uh, I think you guys have this. I sent it in this morning. There it is. Let's read this together. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. So the context here is he's talking about Abraham. He was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Another translation says, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. The Greek word used, and God is the original builder. You cannot read the Bible without running into dozens of builders. Builders of many things, which tells me the heart of God. He knows what to build, when to build, and how to build. 
And he gives his plans to the architects who are in his purposes to establish what he wants to establish. A city that has foundations. Now, I've heard people preach this particular passage of scripture and that Abraham said this. He was looking forward to a city. He's looking forward and they think, uh, or they preach that, uh, they use it as a metaphor to talk about the heavenly city who's, you know, they talk about going to heaven. That this, But Abraham is not talking about going to heaven. Abraham, Abraham didn't consider the eternal realm when he made this statement. He was looking for a city that has foundations, a church that has foundations, whose builder and architect is one who knows each part and integrates all the separate parts into a cohesive whole. We call that a lead pastor. Because somebody has to read the plans. Somebody has to design the church from the plans that God has given. How you're going to build and what you're going to build. We hopefully have a design in mind. We're building something that has foundations. Something that the Bible has already laid out. We have our own ideas, but we have to go to the plans to make sure we use all the parts. Not just the ones we like. We have to use all the pieces, not just the ones that we're personally drawn to or the ones that are really easy to put together. The first two or three pieces, prayer, praise, evangelism, things we like, but we're not allowed to leave out pieces. You cannot say, I'm not a theologian. I don't really like doctrine, so I don't read. I'm a person that's really sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I move in the gifts, therefore I'm going to build a church that is Holy Spirit-driven. A rhema-driven church, a presence-driven church. And we're all those things. I'm not going to be into this doctrine stuff. What, what is that? That's stupid. Why? Because you're saying to the architect, no, I don't like the book of Hebrews. It's too heavy. I don't like the book of Romans. It's too dull. The book of Revelation, nobody knows what that's about anyway. I'm just going to say with Jesus and the four Gospels. Now, I love Jesus and the four Gospels. But you're not allowed to take the 14 epistles and throw them out. You have to put all the pieces together. Anybody can be a pastor if you're just going to use the couple easy ones. But it takes an architect that can say, a room goes right here. This other room is going to be built. 
These are the measurements. This is what we're going to do. Now, I, uh, I want you to know that, you know, we're in a place that we don't have to build. We don't have to worry about the stones over there on that wall. We don't have to worry about uh, the outside walls or, or the roof. Not at this stage. This is, we're already in a building. So I'm talking in spiritual terms. I'm talking the kind of people we want to build. Hebrews 11 and 10, again, the architects and builders. The Greek word here means more specifically execution of a plan. The builders are the executioners of the plan given by the architect. So, uh, I'm scanning past a lot of these notes because I just want to get to this point. Our intention as builders, as teams, some of you are really good builders. Some of you are just learning and need to adjust. But our intention is to be legacy builders. Legacy simply means passing down something, handing down something, handing something to the next generation. I loved watching these kids over here all standing in the front, teaching the rest of us what we should be doing in worship, showing us, demonstrating uh, but you weren't just standing there being fun and cool. I mean, I watched every one of you with their hands up and your mouth moving. And I saw some adults in here just looking. Oh, what did I start down this path for? <laughs> Handing something to the next generation, the next leader, the next pastor. Y'all, I turned 61 on Tuesday. I plan to be here a good long while, but I... I'm already thinking about the next pastor. A legacy builder is, is someone who hands down proven accomplishments. They hand down to the next generation a master builder spirit. They hand down the greatest revelations they have received in scripture and in principle. Please let us not hand down unproven architect plans. Let us not hand down broken leaders or broken churches, broken pastors or broken systems. Let's heal the broken before we hand it down. Let's hand down something that is reproducible and buildable for the next generation where they actually believe they can do something great and mighty for the Lord. Because we're handing down something that has a legacy. I think I said this on a post Nicole and I were talking about. I believe we need to move from being leaders in leadership to being builders in buildership. He's calling us 
to build. So, um, and this is what I want to settle on. The reason I, uh, I want to dive into this is I want you to understand as that we move forward in the purchase of this building, we're like Abraham, the context, uh, Abraham lived in tents when he made this statement that the, the text gave. He's looking for a city with foundations. He was, he, was, he was a man who lived in tents. And he said, I'm tired of the temporary. I want you to see the metaphor. We have been a church in temporary places. We were at Noah's. We are so grateful to have the, have the place and the Oh, the lease price was a lot cheaper than, than this one. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then we moved across the street when they went bankrupt. And maybe I shouldn't have said they went bankrupt, but they closed down. And so we moved across the street to the Courtyard Marriott. And it was a wonderful time. We saw God do incredible things at the hotel. But then we received a call from the church in Allen and... Uh, they wanted to sublease to us and get in a permanent location, and we didn't have to pull our trailer up, unload, set up, tear down. Aren't we all grateful that we've moved from at least the temporary? And okay, until we can, until we as a group of people can determine this is it, this is it, no more tents. No more temporary locations. This is the place that God has given us. And so I'm not asking you to give what you don't have. I'm not asking you to uh, empty out your savings. I'm not asking you to do all, unless God tells you. And if he tells you, just know that you, you heard the testimony earlier. It's like you give, and then God always responds to a generous heart. And so it's been our experience our whole life. It became a lifestyle of giving. And it, I think it probably took us a few years before we started seeing the turnaround. There's sometimes you get a miracle. Uh, you know, there, there were times we were $20 short to pay a bill. We got home, and we had our honorarium check, and, and we needed to pay a big bill, and we were $20 short, and we had to go into this eye doctor place, and we came out to the car after the appointment, and there was a $20 bill laying on the sidewalk. We've seen God provide again and again and again. I mean, we just needed the $20. I wish we would have said we need $2,000. I don't know how many 20s make up $2,000, but we've seen God do it again and again and again. But this is what I want to inspire in you. I want you to become so devoted to the drawings of the building that God wants to build and become so devoted, so consecrated to the plan of God for us and trust your leaders, trust that, uh, you know what, if you ever hear us say anything outlandish and you need to leave because of it, you can't support what we're saying, well, then help yourself. Uh, please challenge us first. Challenge us. I want you to know that everything, every decision that we make, we have uh, many conversations with our eldership. 
We don't just make decisions and do them. We have people in place and uh, we trust them and we seek their wisdom and their guidance. And, you know, sometimes I have a whim of a word and I have an, an immediate yes and uh, I want to just dive in. And so it's difficult for me to say, okay, Lord, give me a chance to talk to the elders before I say yes to this. Uh, but it's called, that's called discipline. But you can also find that in the plans. But I want a people that will decide. We're not just going to coast and watch you make all the waves and try to make a vision happen with your faith. We want to give our faith to your faith. We want to grow as a people. It's time to build. It's time to build. And in this case, it's time. If, if it means that you're like what Nicole said earlier, that you just begin to thank the Lord every day for the provision to come in. I mean, we have, we have, we, August was the, the beginning month. And so an 18 month lease to raise 1.5 million. I'd love to see that happen in six months. So I promise you, I'm not going to be one of those guys that beg for money, but I just want a people that, that will come into the spirit of buildership and decide, I want to join my heart with yours and let's build. Let's build. We don't want it all just to rest on you. We want to be builders. We know God uh, is a builder. He's the master builder. Jesus even said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So who wants to build? Who wants to build? Who wants to build? I, I just, with, why don't you stand up? What that means is I just need you to um, give me your focused prayer for the provision for this building. One person can't do it all. I'd never want just one person to do it all unless God moves on a heart to show up with the million dollar check. to join me here? Yes. What say you? I say let's build. I'm going to, I'm going to break, I'm going to break this building down more. David wrote in, in the book of Psalms, the zeal, zeal for your house has consumed me. Yeah. Zeal for your house has consumed me. So I just, I just want to have a house for him that I'm not having to make lease payments. That we as a people can have ownership. There's an authority that comes to a people when they have ownership. 
He wants you to own your homes. He, he, he wants a, a, a people, a group of owners, ownership, so that we can really declare a thing in, in the authority that backs up when we own property. Will you pray for us before we give all the last announcements? Yes. um, Yeah. So, Father, we thank you for a plan. We thank you for all the bricks. We thank you for the living stones seated or standing in this room right now, the living stones that make up the house of the Lord. Thank you for the bricks. Thank you for the plan. Thank you. Uh, But now, God, give us builders Give us builders, the spirit of a builder to to consume us, that we would see the vision of God come into uh, flourishing. That we will celebrate divine provision. God, help us to build something that can sustain a move of God. Help us to understand the purpose of building is not just to celebrate a place and to say that's ours, but to have a place, a wineskin that can sustain revival. So we love you, God. We give you all of the glory. We give you a surrender, and we just, I just bless these people. I thank you for those that are, are standing in agreement, and I know there's probably some just kind of on the edge wondering what this is all about. But God, you see their heart as well, and you know uh, that we are people that just want to please you, every one of us. So I thank you for growth. And send us the kind of growth that will dive in and connect and be a part of the vision to build. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church.